Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and live from the Pittsburgh Steelers Worship Service, it's the 4th and Inches <laughs> show with Jenna and the Sherpa. Jenna, your Cowboys back on track now. They uh, have a bye this week, but you must have been pretty happy with the way they took Jacksonville apart. It was good. I enjoyed that part of it. I don't necessarily think we needed Tony Romo to do it. I think Brandon Whedon could have done pretty much the same thing. Uh, and maybe we could have left Romo at home and let his back heal, put him in a hyperbaric chamber for a couple of weeks. I don't care, but I want him healthy for the NFC East push down the stretch that our schedule's bringing, not necessarily for London and the Jaguars. So, Well, let me turn the things, tables on you, though. But bad if they had lost that game, how would you have felt? Would you have said that's still the smart thing to do because they – you know, need him for the stretch run, or would you say, oh, no, we've got a three-game losing streak and a bye now, and, you know, we just kissed our chances of, you know, good home field, you know, a possible home field advantage in the playoffs goodbye? I think I would have been okay with it still had they lost the Jaguars game if Brandon Weedham was playing and Romo was still at home in Dallas because – I I don't want Brandon Whedon facing the Redskins or the Eagles or the Giants with my season on the line in weeks 15, 16, 17, whatever. I want Tony Romo there. And as a Cowboys fan, the home field advantage thing doesn't really make a difference too much to me. I mean, there are some places I don't want to play, but I don't know if the Cowboys necessarily have all that much of an advantage playing at Jerry's World. There's too much going on there. Right. Well, the latest is Des Bryant's uh, contract situation and all, but we'll get into that a little bit later. But why don't you tell people how they can get in touch with us? Well, there are a number of ways. As always, we are here for a full hour until 10.30 p.m. Eastern time, as we are every Wednesday night. We're very good with our consistency. At least we try. Uh, You can always call us at 347-989-8088. That's 347-989-8088. You can tweet us at the number 4THN Inches Show. That's the number 4THN Inches Show. Or at JKIM16 and Fantasy underscore Sherpa. You can always email us at the same handle, the number 4THN Inches Show at gmail.com. As well as find us on the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page at fantasyfootballsherpa.com. Uh, all over the place, the chat room on the site, smoke signals, carrier pigeon. Whatever works for you, we are here to answer your questions. As we are come Sunday when you have your lineup questions or Thursday night, maybe. So this coming week we're getting a little bit less crazy with the buys. We've only down to four teams this week. We've got Baltimore, Dallas, Jacksonville, and the Jets on buy this week. And chances are you don't have too many people from Jacksonville or the Jets in your starting lineup if you do my condolences but yeah how about yeah. injuries this week I mean obviously Carson Palmer which on his own is a big one but uh any others that we caught your eye although I guess we should have seen the Carson Palmer one coming uh the last time he tore his ACL it was uh, I think only 11 days after he signed a hundred million dollar contract extension so get a 50 million con- dollar contract extension blow a knee out we should have seen that um well, probably unfortunate only pattern the last him. one was yeah, hopefully. Um, we also had, uh, so obviously uh, Drew Stanton's going to replace Carson Palmer the rest of the way. He's done for the year. Stanton wasn't bad to start the year. He's actually got a pretty good QBR, uh, obviously a limited uh, amount. Um, Ryan Mallett, we talked about last week, is coming in to replace Ryan Fitzpatrick. Sean Hill's going to replace Austin Davis in St. Louis. I don't necessarily agree with that, but they didn't ask me. The tight end, uh, t- the Titans tight end Delaney Walker suffered a pretty bad concussion this week. He looks like he's probably not playing this week, although they're calling him doubtful. Uh, there's a, a plethora of tight ends there. Who's going to be uh, worthwhile fantasy-wise, we'll go through later. And, of course, Seattle tight end Zach Miller, they were hoping they could get his foot fixed. It's not going to happen. They put him on IR today. He is done for the year as well. Yeah, Ronnie Hillman. And, uh, oh, we also had uh, Ronnie Hillman. Ronnie Hillman's yeah. going to be out two to three weeks with a uh, foot injury. Monte Ball's coming back. He's not 100%, but he will be back this week. Uh, and so that pretty much leaves us with old C.J. Anderson. Yeah, and I think the 
Chargers are supposed to get Ryan Matthews back for at least 10 to 15 snaps this week. Of course, they're playing so, yeah. play, which isn't the biggest challenge, and they probably won't need him for more than the game will probably be out of hand after 10 or 15 snaps. But uh, we'll see how that plays out, too. So, so why don't we get right into the game, starting with the Thursday night matchup. Every Thursday night is a is a is a division rivalry game. This week is no exception. We've got two of the somewhat surprising teams in the AFC East. The only team that's not a contender in the AFC East at this point, of course, is the Jets, and even they managed to win last week. But we've got Miami hosting Buffalo, both of them coming off of tough defeats last week, especially Miami losing in the last minute for the second time in the last four weeks. Yeah, Buffalo had they a chance to... in the last two minutes. They just couldn't get it done. Yeah, so both of these teams coming off of disappointing losses last week. This game at Miami Thursday night, Buffalo at Miami. I think Buffalo will be able to run a little bit on Miami's defense. Don't think they'll be able to pass at all. Miami, you know, Buffalo also has a pretty good defense, so I don't think Miami will be able to run or pass too much. But I think they'll be able to do just a little bit more on offense than Buffalo will. Therefore, in picking Miami to win this game, by a touchdown, I'll say Miami 24, Buffalo 17. I I like the pick. I really think this game could go either way. Um, I Buffalo, to me, started the season really underwhelming. E.J. Manuel just did not run this offense well at all. And I think what Kyle Orton's been able to do and overcome some of these injuries they've had, uh, guys like C.J. Spiller, it, I'm – I don't want to say I'm super impressed, but I'm impressed with what he's been able to do. His team isn't as bad as it should be. And I think Buffalo's going to be able to pull out, an, I guess, a quasi-upset on the road in Miami. I just, I think that I think this really could go either way, but I'm going to take Buffalo this week. I think they have a little bit extra in the tank. Um, that being said, I still think Kyle Orton is, at best, a second quarterback option, although not a bad one. Just don't put your all of your uh, fantasy points on him this week. I am going to start Fred Jackson and Sammy Watkins. Robert Woods could be an interesting flex option, more so in a deeper league, but you are down a few wide receivers this week, so he's probably on your waiver wire. Stay away from tight end Scott Chandler this week. There's definitely not going to be enough points there, as well as kicker Dan Carpenter, but I am starting the defense. And, I mean, I guess a lot of people aren't going to think, oh, a defensive matchup, Buffalo-Miami, but these are two pretty good defenses. No, I, I agree. I think the defenses are stronger than the offenses for both teams. Yeah. I, uh, also, with Fred Jackson, do you think he's at full strength yet, or are Anthony Dixon and Bryce Brown possible I don't know if he's, if he's all the way options? there yet, but I think he's close enough that uh, he's going to get the majority of the carries this week. Uh, but I, obviously, it's never a bad thing to use a running back as a flex option. I just don't know if it's going to be as hugely successful as maybe it would have been last week. So for Miami, I like their defense a lot as a starting option. Quarterback Ryan Tannehill, probable with an ankle injury, is more of a second quarterback option for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, running back Lamar Miller, probable with a shoulder injury. Again, I just don't think they're going to be able to run a ton against Buffalo's defense, so he's at best a flex option for me. Wide receiver Mike Wallace and Jarvis Landry, those guys, flex options, tight end. Charles Clay, questionable with a knee injury. If he plays, okay to start him. Kicker Caleb Sturgis, okay. I'd stay away from running back Damian Williams, even though he got some extra carries last week in relief of Lamar Miller. And also stay away from wide receiver Brian Hartline, who caught a few balls and just wanted to remind us he's still alive. But fantasy-wise, yeah, I don't guys. see him still being worthy. Stop starting me. I'm going to catch something now, finally. Ugh. Right. So, so I just I don't really see that we need to pay too much attention that we I don't think we need to monitor heart in the heart line in this case but uh right. so let's let's move on to the the Sunday games this from a fan's perspective is a little bit disappointing there's 14 games this week including the 11 during the day on Sunday but um only of those 11 games on Sunday only I, I think um Seven of only three of them are, are afternoon games, as you'd like to call them. You know, yeah, I don't like the disparity between the morning loaded. and the afternoon games. 
I, I just don't want to watch, okay, well, I'm forced to watch the Oakland game because there's nothing else on, and sure, the other two games are in commercials, so I got nothing on red zone either, but why can't we throw one or two more in the afternoon? Would it really kill people? No. All right. So the first of the the, <laughs> the early afternoon games, or as Jana likes to refer to them, the morning games, the first of the morning games, we've got Minnesota at Chicago. I think a lot of people are going to look at Chicago and say this is the week they bounce back and get things together. I'm going to go the other way and say that even though I picked them to be in the Super Bowl before the season started, that I think this is just the beginnings of a train wreck that's only going to get worse as the season goes on. I think they've lost confidence in Jay Cutler, and I'm not sure that they're going to get it back. Uh, I think both of these teams will have more success running the ball and passing the ball this weekend, but I just think Minnesota's uh, overall offense is a little bit uh, stronger at this point than Chicago's, and Chicago's defense has just been terrible lately. So I'm going to pick Minnesota to win this game, and actually pretty easily. I'm going to say Minnesota 27, Chicago 17. I actually uh, fully agree with that. Uh, I'm starting a lot of Minnesota players this week. Before I get to that, um, something I was listening to on talk radio earlier this week uh, if you had to, you know how this league's very quarterback-centric, those are the guys who are getting paid, that's the face of your team, you know, that's what you want to build your team around. Now, if you look at the Bears, you've got a good running back in Matt Forte, you've got good wide receivers, you've got Brandon Martellus Bennett, you've got a good tight end, you've got an offensive line that's starting to work together, they're getting a little more experience, they're starting to look functional, they're not terrible like they used to be. The defense needs some work, but overall, your offense, pretty strong. Would you rather, if you bought the Bears today, would you rather say, I'm going to put all my eggs in the Jay Cutler basket and keep going with this, or would you rather trade them away, release them, whatever, and plug pretty much anybody else in there? Because at this point, I would rather have any other option than Jay Cutler right now. Um, as much as I'm down on him, just from a real-life standpoint, I think that. I still like him better than probably half the quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, if you take a look at who's starting, really? do I want Zach Mettenberger starting over him? No. But do I want put, Derek Carr Zach starting over him? No. That Bears offense with Matt Forte supporting with uh, six foot a million wide receivers down the field and Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey, and you had Martellus Bennett as a security blanket, and and – you maybe got some help on defense down the road, but you have a decent offensive line. You could plug almost anybody in there and be about as successful as you are now because I don't think Jay Cutler can win you a Super Bowl. Not on the Bears, maybe somewhere else, but not in Chicago. Uh, I'm I'm beginning to, to realize where uh, I was mistaken. I thought he was going to finally, this was going to be the year where everything clicked and the, the bad body language I, went I mean, away. I thought it was too. I thought he away, had everything. But, How could you not? But it just Yeah, didn't. everything seemed to be lined up for him on, at least on offense this year, and their defense was pretty good last year. You figured you know, that they would yeah. be respectable again, but yeah, something's just not working there, so yeah, I just yeah, I, yeah. I don't I don't think I agree with the premise of what you just brought up, that anybody would be better than him at this point. But I do think, just from Chicago's standpoint, you know, maybe not anybody, but they probably would need to move on because, you know, with Forte and Marshall and, you know, those two guys are you know, going to be you know, going to the downside of their careers pretty soon if yeah, they're not already there. On what you have on what you've put together here. You've got – maybe two, three years left. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, Jeffrey is still a young guy. He'll be around for a while. You know, he's, or at least he should be. But, you know, with Forte and Marshall, you worry that, you know, especially with Marshall, with his ankle problem now, and it just seems like he's been hurt all season. And, yeah, just, it's, it's not a good situation right now. So, But uh, that said, who do you like on Minnesota this week? Back to, uh, now my tangent's done, back to the real games here. <laughs> um, I'm actually okay with starting Teddy Bridgewater conservatively, but still uh, I think you can start him this week as well as Matt Asiata and Jarek McKinnon. I'm okay with starting Greg Jennings and Cordell Patterson, who had been relegated to just flex and even lately deeper flex options. I think he'll be okay this week. 
I am staying away from tight end Kyle Rudolph and kicker Blair Walsh, but I'm going to start the defense. Chicago's looked horrible the last couple weeks. It's not that Minnesota is a world beater, going to light the world on fire here, but right now they're a better team than Chicago is. Yeah, it's. I mean, I don't think either of these teams are going to do much the rest of the season, but Minnesota, of course, they've got the whole controversy around whether Adrian Peterson should be back on the team or not and how the team's going to react well, to him, I guess. how the fans are going yeah, to react to him. Yeah, I mean, by this time all. next week, we could, um, we could be talking about starting him, which is ridiculous. Well, I, I think even if he is, you know, let back into the league and just find and, uh, and you know, they call his suspension, time served, what have you, I, I just don't know that you could count on him being impact fantasy player right away again. I'm sure I'm sure he's been keeping himself in shape and lifting you know, tractor trailer tires over his head yeah, every right. day or doing whatever, but you know, I just have a hard time imagining somebody could just walk in in the middle of the season and dominate games again. So I think your best bet if you're a fantasy owner is to you know, stash him and hope that if your team makes the playoffs that maybe he's up to speed mm-hmm. by then. But I just... Yeah. Yeah, don't really see. I I wouldn't cut you know, somebody like um, Carlos Hyde to you know, pick him up, for instance. I I wouldn't do that at this point. But I'm sure my opinion is probably in the minority there. But so be it. So for Chicago, I would start running back Matt Forte this week. Wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey, tight end Martellus Bennett, quarterback Jay Cutler. Yeah more of a second quarterback option for me. Wide receiver Brandon Marshall, most weeks I would say he's an automatic start, but this week with his ankle problems, I think he's more of a flex option. Hopefully you have healthier options with better matchups. Mm-hmm. Defense is okay to start. I'd stay away from kicker Robbie Gold. I just don't think Chicago is going to score that much against Minnesota's defense. Yeah, this is uh, it'll be an interesting game. Not so great for Chicago, but interesting nonetheless. All right, let's move on to Houston at Cleveland on Sunday. Cleveland, really impressive Thursday night win over Cincinnati last week. I mean, yeah. Jeremy Hill may not have been impressed, but you know, most of the rest of us <laughs> were. And Houston, they they have some good things on offense, especially that running game. But, you know, mm-hmm. with, with Ryan Mallett, starting, you know, making his first start there, you know, coming off a bye week where they might be rusty. I, I just don't really see how you can pick them this week. That being said, of course, we saw how Cleveland laid an egg against Jacksonville earlier this season after, you know, looking good for several games stretch. And you just hope if you're a Browns fan that that doesn't happen again here. I don't think it will. I think Cleveland keeps things rolling, and then, of course, next week they're going to get Josh Gordon back, which should make their offense even more potent. So this is probably the last week where you would Mm -hmm. start Miles Austin or Andrew Hawkins with confidence. But I think it all adds up to a fairly easy victory for Cleveland. Houston will do some damage with their run game, but I think Cleveland will just be able to move the ball at will. You know, J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney notwithstanding. I think it all adds up to a 10-point victory for Cleveland. I'll say Cleveland 34, Houston 24. I, I'm thinking maybe 34-21. Uh, I, I don't like the move of bringing Ryan Mallett in. I don't like how it happened. I don't like the timing of it. Always admittedly been a bit of a Ryan Fitzpatrick homer. I will, you know, put that out there, but I just We've heard great things about Ryan Mallett. He's got this big arm and this and that, and he's bounced around from a couple of teams. Bill O'Brien brought him over from New England because he liked him, but we've never really seen him in an actual meaningful NFL game or start in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Going on the road to Cleveland, the dog pound, not necessarily always the friendliest place in the world to play. I don't think it's going to be a good day for him. I think Arian Foster is going to have to carry the load. So, for me, Ryan Mallett's strictly a second quarterback option. Aaron Foster's a definite start. I'll start DeAndre Hopkins and Andre Johnson because, quite frankly, they're gonna, they'll turn something, you know, nothing into something. They'll make some yardage where they can. These guys will fight for yards. But I just – I don't like what the pass game's going to look like this week. Staying away from tight end Gar- Graham Garrett, um, 
kicker Randy Bullock, the defense, staying away from all of them. I think Cleveland's going to pretty much have their way with Houston this week, uh, even with that defense. I just don't think it's going to be too much of a fair fight. Would you consider Foster's backup, Alfred Blue, as an option, as a flex option in a deeper league? Just given yeah, how in a deeper league, he might not be run. a bad one this week because really the run game is going to be what the only way they're going to really score points here. So for Cleveland, I like quarterback Brian Hoyer, wide receivers Miles Austin and Andrew Hawkins, who's healthy enough to play this week, kicker Billy Condis. Um, the running back situation there is the one thing that concerns me from a fantasy standpoint. It looked at the beginning of the season like Ben Tate was the clear number one, and then they started working rookies Terrence West and Isaiah Crowell into the mix. And last week was sort of the – the height of confusion is all three of them had about 40 to 60 yards in one touchdown. So it's it's tough to know from week to week which one of those guys is going to get the lion's share of the carries. So I would say for me, all three of those guys are flex options at best, Ben Tate, Terrence West, and Isaiah Crowell. Wide receiver Taylor Gabriel could be an interesting flex option for you this week. Last week I was belittling tight end Gary Barnage, so he went out and caught a touchdown pass. I don't know if it's cause and effect, but it happened. And so I think he might not be a bad flex option this week. Defense, okay to start. I'd stay away from wide receiver Travis Benjamin and tight end Jordan Cameron, who's still doubtful with the concussion he suffered a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So now we move on to a game that I think is going to be interesting. Both these teams... Seattle at Kansas City. Both of these teams started off kind of slowly and have been picking up steam in recent weeks. In Seattle, they let the Giants hang around for a half, but they put them away pretty easily in the second half. Kansas City, you know, impressive victory, especially on defense at Buffalo last week. I just don't think Kansas City is going to be able to throw the ball at all on Seattle. I think they'll be able to run a little bit with Jamal Charles, but and conversely, I don't think Seattle will be able to throw in Kansas City. But I think Seattle's running game, I think Marshawn Lynch is going to have an easier time running against Kansas City than Jamal Charles will against Seattle. I think it adds up to a Seattle victory. I'll say Seattle 24, Kansas City 17. I'm going to take Kansas City in the upset 24-21. Um, I, I think that they're going to be able to – run a little easier on the Seahawks than Marshawn Lynch is going to be able to on the Kansas City defense. But, I I mean, I like Alex Smith. I'd like to see that, you know, he can step up and be the guy and win this game for him. Whether or not it happens, we'll see. But I think Kansas City has the pieces that being at home, Seattle on the road, um, I think this this could happen. Realistically, I think it can go either way, but I like for whatever reason, I like Kansas City's chances this week. Fantasy-wise for Seattle, there are still some good options here. Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch, and Doug Baldwin. I'm okay with starting all three of them. Um, staying away from all of the tight ends, it looks like Cooper Helfert is the uh, leader in the clubhouse right now, but it's not going to be worth it there. They're kind of playing uh, a wheel of fortune, just seeing whose number lands on, and we're going to throw them out there and see what happens. So until they figure out what they're doing at tight end, stay away. Stay away from kicker Steven Hauschka, but I am going to start the defense. I think both these defenses are probably going to do some damage here, but it's going to be one of the lower-scoring games. I love the story that Seattle supposedly reached out to Randy Moss after they let uh, after they traded Percy Harvin away, and Randy Moss said no to them. That gives you an idea right, that either he... Randy Moss is going to be the answer to, to locker room problems, like, in the history not of that, Randy but he Moss, might be the answer. if he were in his prime, he would definitely help their passing game. I mean, right now, if Doug Baldwin's your number one receiver, you know, he's a nice complimentary receiver, but I don't think, you know, besides being angry all the time, I don't think he's really somebody you count on as a number one receiver. I don't think he's somebody that would scare opposing defensive coordinators. I mean, nobody on that wide receiving core right now, you know, not your main Curse and certainly not Ricardo Lockett or, or um, Norwood. I don't think any of those guys. No, nobody are, are... stepped up here at all. I expected somebody to by now, but no one even looks interested in it. Well, but to me, you look at that, and it's kind of the same situation as Kansas City has. 
at wide receiver. I mean, Dwayne Bowe, all right, I think he's a step up from Doug Baldwin, but you look at the rest of their wide receivers, A.J. Jenkins, Donnie Avery, Junior Hemingway, you know, who are these guys? I mean, Avery had a little bit of a nice run last year for a bit after he came over from the Rams, but you know, that's Kansas City's problem for years now has just been their receiving game. They can't consistently get the ball to Bowe and the rest of their receivers mm-hmm. don't do anything to take pressure off of him. So, I mean, it's nice that Travis Kelsey is emerging as the second option in the passing game now, but I just think that they're they're not balanced enough and just don't have enough weapons, but we'll see how it plays out. So I would start Jamal Charles, even though I don't think he's going to have as good a game as Marshawn Lynch. Tight end Travis Kelsey, as I just mentioned, he's worth starting. Wide receiver Dwayne Bowe going up against that Seattle secondary is more of a flex option for me this week. Tight end Anthony Sassano, flex option. I would not start quarterback Alex Smith, running back Niall Davis, wide receivers A.J. Jenkins, Donnie Avery, or Junior Hemingway. I'm just, much as I would like to see Kansas City win this game from a fan's perspective, from a just you know, analyzing strengths and weaknesses, offense and defensive matchups, I, I just don't see it. But you know, it's good when we disagree. It makes the show more interesting and gives us something to talk about next week in addition to the upcoming games. So, Moving right along here, we've got Atlanta at Carolina, and Atlanta was on bye last week after coming off of the victory two weeks ago in London against Detroit. Um, um, I I don't know. Excuse me, Atlanta beat Tampa Bay last week. What am I thinking? Um, This game in Carolina just looked awful Monday night against Philadelphia. But I think both these offenses are going to be able to do pretty much whatever they want to against the opposing defenses. I think the difference here is going to be that with the Panthers, I finally see a semblance of a running game with Jonathan Stewart. He seems to be healthy for a couple weeks in a row. And yeah, I, I just think they're going to be able to outscore Atlanta. So I'll go with a final score of Carolina 34, Atlanta 30. And I'm guessing that uh, Cam Newton will be sacked about nine fewer times this week than he was Monday night against the Eagles. Probably. Uh, I just I can't see that happening again. Yeah, Ten sacks in one game, I just never – yeah, that's ridiculous. It was just – it was out of control. But this game – I think is kind of the per- perfect microcosm of what this NFL season's been like. You've got two teams that we've seen good things out of, have all this potential in the world, but just we've seen just be awful at the same time. Like these so bipolar, it's been very frustrating. I think Atlanta's going to take this this week. I just Carolina's not healthy enough on offense. Their defense is all right. It's not great. I just they don't have enough there to beat really anybody on a good day like on someone else's best day they're not going to be able to hang with most teams Atlanta's been a little up and down I think they get back on track they're coming off a bye they've had a while to prepare for this game so they certainly should be ready at this point I'm ready to start Matt Ryan Steven Jackson uh, Devontae Freeman could be a flex option for you this week Julio Jones and Roddy White are both okay starts Staying away from tight end Levine Toilolo. I can never say that on the first try. Uh, Kicker Matt Bryan, I'm sitting as well as the defense. I think uh, Levine Toilolo is your San Antonio Holmes. He is. I I really think he is. I was trying to explain that to somebody this weekend. I was like, you try saying that fast while you're reading off 800 other names and talking about everybody else in the world and you get all this stuff in your head. It's just never going to happen. Never. So for Carolina, I like quarterback Cam Newton, running back Jonathan Stewart, rookie wide receiver Kelvin Benjamin, who's arguably the the a rookie of the year candidate, uh, best rookie wide receiver this season. Tight end Greg Olson, kicker Graham Gano, wide receivers Jericho Cotri, Jason Watt, and Bretton Burson, I think, are decent flex options. I'd still stay away from running back D'Angelo Williams, even though he's supposedly healthy enough to play this week. And because I think it's a high-scoring game, I'm going to stay away from Carolina's defense as well. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. So next we get to a game which might be a push, but we'll see. Uh, we've got Cincinnati at New Orleans. Cincinnati, of course, got destroyed by the Browns on Thursday Night Football last week. 
New Orleans lost a controversial game to the 49ers on a push-off in the end zone call. Did you think that was offensive pass interference against Jimmy uh, Graham on that Hail Mary? I didn't, but that's nobody asked me, and that's probably also why I'm not paid to be a referee. Uh, I just I don't I don't know if I'd be calling that at that point in the game. Yeah, it did seem a little bit ticky-tack, but the rules are pretty clear on yeah. that. But uh, I think they didn't have too much choice but to call that, although it takes away from the excitement of a successful Hail Mary pass. But eh. anyway, this game, I, I think Cincinnati is going to continue their, their run of mediocrity here. I just I don't see them being able to hang with New Orleans on offense. I think they'll be able to run the ball. I don't think they're going to be able to throw too much. New Orleans should be able to do whatever they want to against the Cincinnati defense. I think it all adds up to a pretty easy victory for New Orleans. I'm going to say final score is New Orleans 41, Cincinnati 24. Yeah, I just – this game Cleveland can hang 27 points on them, and I think New Orleans' offense is a lot better – than Cleveland's. I, I think if they're hitting on all cylinders and with Mark Ingram, you know, running well now, I, I just don't see how Cincinnati's going to hang with them. I, on, yeah, I logically I understand that. I just feel like Cincinnati can't be that bad two weeks in a row. But really, they haven't given me a lot the last couple of weeks to make me feel like they are going to come out and play with any type of authority or functionability because it just doesn't look great for them lately. New Orleans at home is a whole different team than New Orleans on the road. And like you said, Cleveland was very convincing in their beatdown of Cincinnati last week. I'm going to take New Orleans by 10. I just Andy Dalton's got to get it together. You got paid. Now you really got to step up and be the man, win some games here, which we haven't seen enough of this year. Andy Dalton, more second quarterback option for me. Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard, I'm okay with starting both of them because – much like Houston, Cincinnati's going to have to get a lot of their points on the ground. A.J. Green, I'll start, and Mohamed Sanu as well. No tight, None of the tight ends, like you said. Uh, it's just, just going to be a tough one for them this week. Stay away from kicker Mike Nugent. Say no, absolutely no to that defense. It's just not going to happen for Cincinnati this week. Hopefully they can at least make it a little more respectable, but even that could be kind of a stretch. Is Giovanni Bernard going to be healthy enough to play this week? It looks like he's going to be, but it's something you're going to have to watch as the week goes on. All righty, I'll do that then. For New Orleans, I'd start quarterback Drew Brees, running back Mark Ingram, wide receivers Marcus Colston, Kenny Stills, and Brandon Cook. Tight end Jimmy Graham, kicker Shane Graham, no relation. Defense, I'm okay with starting. I'd stay away from running backs Pierre Thomas and you know, Kyrie Robinson, who are both probably going to miss their fourth game in a row. And uh, Tavares Cadet, you know, just not enough carries and touches left over when you feed Mark Ingram and the receivers. Yeah, Mark Ingram's had himself quite the little coming out party uh, the last couple of weeks here. Yeah, he's turning into the backs that New Orleans was hoping they were drafting out of Alabama when he won the Heisman there. So hopefully mm-hmm. he'll be able to continue his good run. Next up, we've got Tampa Bay at Washington. Just as a side note, I had to laugh. You know, you probably saw the tape of the game last week with the college game between Oregon and Utah, where Utah was up seven nothing, and then the Utah wide receiver caught a long, you know, what should have been touchdown pass, and then just dropped the ball on his way into the end zone at the one yard line. The Oregon yeah. player picked yeah. it up, fumbled it. Another Oregon player picked it up and ran it back 90 yards the other way for a touchdown, you know, that made what should have been a 14-0 game, a 7-7 game. Deshaun Jackson Mm -hmm. came out today and said, you know, basically that that was inexcusable, which I thought was pretty funny. Oh, really? He did exactly the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if anybody should know, Are we forgetting what you did just a few short years ago? (laughs) Exactly. So I I found that rather... um, Ironic might not be quite the right word, but uh, it was it was pretty funny. So anyway, back to this game. Washington, they they should be able to move the ball pretty easily against Tampa Bay's defense. 
Tampa Bay, they've shown some semblance of an offense, and you know, Josh McCown looked pretty good in his return last week. But I just think especially their backfield is a mess. I don't see them being able to hang with Washington on the road. I'm going to take Washington to win this game by even more than I think that uh, that uh, New Orleans will beat Cincinnati. I'll take Washington by 20 points. I'll say Washington 34, Tampa Bay 14. Yeah, I don't, I don't have too much of a problem with that score, even with just Desha- Deshaun Jackson being uh, a man of a very short memory. I think will be the nice way to put this, or an idiot, one or the other. Uh, Tampa just is kind of a mess and I'm not really on board with what they're doing right now. They've got injuries to Doug Martin and everybody else in the run game. The wide receivers are – some days are good, some days are not. This is just not really a functional offense. Washington's going to put up more points than Tampa can stand to hang with, and I think by the second half this won't be all that interesting to watch. But Josh McCown's more a second quarterback option. Bobby Rainey's probably your best bet at running back here. I'll start Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson. But staying away from tight end Brandon Myers, Patrick Murray, the kicker, and absolutely no defense for Tampa Bay. And, of course, uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins pulled his second bonehead move in three weeks, I think, yeah, uh, Sunday when he was making the uh, Captain Morgan pose in the end zone and got you know, fined yeah. for you know, taunting and, and the subsequent kickoff. You know, Atlanta got the ball and drove back for the what turned out to be the you know, game-winning touchdown then. So, yeah, I like him as a yeah, player, I, but I, he's someone, obviously someone got a little bit Someone watching with me and go, too. did he just captain Morgan a football? Like, yep, yep, he did. <laughs> yep. Not great. So, yeah, that was that was kind of odd. And I wonder if they're going to start using uh, Charles Sims more as the season winds down just to see what they have in him. They drafted I think him. so last year and they know what they already have in Bobby Ray and Mike James and you know yeah, I just you know, wonder if and yeah, and Doug Martin, I wonder if they just might, you know, let Sims run with it or hopefully run with it and see what he can do for the last five, six games of the season. So for Washington, as I said, I like pretty much every aspect of their offense this week. Start quarterback Robert Griffin the third start running back Alfred Morris, wide receivers Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon, tight end Jordan Hill, kicker Kai Forbath and the defense. Running back Roy Hulu, okay, is a flex option. Same thing with wide receiver Andre Roberts. I'd stay away from uh, tight end Niles Paul, who had some looks earlier in the season, but uh, with Jordan Hill back healthy now, not much uh, left over in the offense for Niles Paul. No, no, there's really nothing there left for him. Jordan Reed came back and pretty much turned out the lights party's over for Niles Paul. Seems to be. So next we go with Denver at St. Louis. Denver playing its third game in a row on the road. They had that terrible loss against New England a couple weeks ago. Last week they got their act together at Oakland and won pretty convincingly more easily than I thought they would. This week, I'm going to go back in the camp of saying they they should win pretty easily. The running game, a bit of a mess right now, but I think the passing game will more than make up for that. St. Louis, I don't think they're going to be able to run against Denver's defense. I think they'll be able to pass a little bit, but again, you're switching back to quarterback Sean Hill. I'm not sure that that's really going to help their passing attack much. When all is said and done, I think this ends up as a as a two and a half touchdown victory for Denver. I'll say Denver thirty one, St. Louis thirteen. It could be even more than that for Denver. I just I'm not sure what St. Louis is doing right now. I don't think well, they they're really to hang sure with right Arizona now. Arizona last week, you know, for most yeah, of the game, I, but then the the late pick six and you know, they just I mean, fell they apart gave the game away. They kind of just we were like, yeah, we're done playing here. You guys, you guys have this one. We'll take take the uh, the charter home now. But I think that you have to, at some point, you have to have some stability. You have to stay with as much of a healthy lineup all put together at one time as you can. I don't know if taking Austin Davis out is really going to help you when he's the sole reason your team's even still in contention here. But this 
this Denver team is just going to run over them, as they are pretty much everybody else in this league right now. Fantasy-wise, just just go ahead and start them, pretty much, if they're wearing a Denver Broncos uniform, with a few exceptions. But start Peyton Manning. Uh, we talked about at the top of the show. C.J. Anderson is the healthiest of the running backs in the locker room right now. Stay away from Monty Hillman, who's not going to play this week. Monte Ball's more of a flex option because he's not 100% just yet. Uh, Damaris Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders both good starts. Wes Welker might be an interesting flex option for you, but that would be in a deeper league. Really, it's just not pulling in the points you need right now. Definitely start Ted end Julius Thomas, kicker Brandon McManus, the defense. I like the St. Louis team, but I don't like this matchup for them this week. Thomas looks like he has a good shot at breaking Rob Gronkowski's single-season record for tight ends by a touchdown at 17. I think he's up to 11 or 12 already. So Yeah, he's having himself a very nice season. Yeah. So for St. Louis, I would start I would start tight end Jared Cook, quarterback Sean Hill, second quarterback in a deeper league, wide receivers Kenny Britt, Tavon Austin, and Stedman Bailey, also flex options in a deeper league. Stay away from quarterback Austin Davis since he's not going to play. Running back Trey Mason will play, but I still don't think he's worth starting. Greg the legs their line, keep him on your bench and also keep the Rams defense on your bench. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough one for the Rams, but they'll bounce back. Yeah, there's several. In general, I don't think there are as many games that figure to be close this week as there have been the last couple weeks, even though we have an extra game since we only have four, game, four teams on by instead of six. But it just it seems like we've come across a string of, of, not, of games that don't figure to be too competitive. This next game sadly fits into that pattern that San Francisco playing against the New York Giants team that I love. But uh, the Giants, are, their season is rapidly disintegrating. They're probably looking at a top-10 draft pick when this season is over. They should be able to run and pass a little bit against San Francisco's defense, but I think San Francisco will just you know, have their way with the Giants' defense and I think it all adds up to a pretty easy win for San Francisco. I'll take them by 10 points. I'll say San Francisco 34, New York 24. I'm taking San Francisco by 14. I just, again, the Giants are having a tough one. Hopefully they are able to rebuild a little bit with the draft this year because this just isn't working for them. Victor Cruz is a huge loss, and they never really recovered. Fantasy-wise for San Francisco, definitely start Colin Kaepernick, start Frank Gore, start Michael Crabtree and Quan Bolden. Stevie Johnson could be a flex option for you this week. I don't love the matchup for Ted and Vernon Davis or kicker Phil Dawson, but I am definitely going to start the San Francisco defense. For the Giants, I would um, certainly they miss Victor Cruz, but you know the one thing now that he's healthy, they've really gotten to take a good look at Odell Beckham and they like what they see, even like Richard Sherman yeah. is not uh, the most complimentary towards most wide receivers, including uh, one that will be playing for San Francisco in this game. You know, says that he thinks that Odell Beckham is a great player, which is funny because Odell Beckham is, I think, three or four games into his NFL career, but so be it. And you know, they're getting to take a look at Preston Parker now, so hopefully they'll have a deeper receiving core next year as a result of Cruz's injury this year. Your running back with Shaw Jennings is supposed to be back this week. We'll see how that works out. I would start Odell Beckham, uh, quarterback Eli Manning, second quarterback for me this week. Running back with Shaw Jennings, probable with a knee injury. If he starts, he's a flex option for me. Wide receivers Ruben Randall and Preston Parker, flex options. Tight end Larry Donnell, you can start him. Kicker Josh Brown, okay. Stay away from running back Andre Williams and stay away from the Giants defense. Okay. Sorry about your Giants. My condolences. Yeah, well, as long as they beat the Cowboys at least once this season and uh, throw a wrench into their plans, I'll be happy. But we'll see how that works out. So (laughs) now we go to the afternoon games, as you like to call them, or the late afternoon games, as I like to call them. We've got Oakland at San Diego. San Diego, they've lost, I think, three in a row and then had a bye last week. If they were ever the ideal opponent for coming off a bye week and a three-game losing streak, 
the 09 Oakland Raiders are in it. So I, I think that you know, neither team has an overwhelming offense at this point, but I think San Diego is going to be able to do a little bit more, especially in the passing game than Oakland is. And I think they'll win this game by a couple of touchdowns. I'll say San Diego 21, Oakland 6. I want Oakland to be better. It's just not happening. Maybe next year. I don't have a real problem with your score. San Diego's got to start bouncing back. they got to win some games at home. Fantasy-wise, for Oakland, kind of slim pickings, but marginally better than is some weeks. Derek Carr is the second quarterback option at best. I'll start Darren McFadden. Uh, James Jones could be a start this week, especially since you're uh, down a few wide receivers because of the buys. I like tight end Michael Rivera this week, but not Sebastian Janikowski or the defense or pretty much anybody else in the Raiders organization. And Michael Rivera's had three good games in a row. He was somebody yeah. I had on a team early this season, and I liked him a lot last year. And, of course, when he got off to a slow season, slow start this season, and then had a bye week, I cut him. And now, of course, he's doing well for somebody else's team, but uh, that's the way it goes <laughs> sometimes. So... For San Diego, I like quarterback Phillip Rivers, wide receiver Keenan Allen in the defense. Running back Ryan Matthews, as we mentioned before, supposedly back this week. I think both he and Donald Brown are flex options at best. Wide receivers Malcolm Floyd and Eddie Royal are flex options. Tight end Antonio Gates, okay to start. Tight end Ladarius Green, one of the bigger disappointments in fantasy this year. Stay away from him. And mm-hmm. I'd also keep kicker Nick Novak on the bench. All right. San Diego down. We got uh, two more of my beloved afternoon games. It's such slim pickings in the afternoons. Yeah, well, this next game I think could have been interesting. You know, with Carson Palmer healthy. Yeah. Now that he's not healthy, I don't think this is going to be much of a contest. Maybe Drew Stanton will surprise me, but I, th- I think I, I'm a lot higher on Drew Stanton than you are. It sounds like it, but yeah, I, I, I guess think. So. I don't think either team will be able to run the ball much in this game, but I think Detroit will be able to do more with the pass you know, than Arizona will. And you know, I guess you know, mainly I feel that way just because of Drew Stanton stepping in. And he he was okay earlier this season when he was when Palmer was out for a couple games. But I just think Detroit's defense, which is the you know, top ranked in terms of yards permitted in the league so far this season. Even though they're on the road, I think going against a backup quarterback and a pretty much non-existent one game, they'll be okay. So I'll take Detroit to win this by 10 points. I'll say Detroit 24, Arizona 14. I like it more Detroit 24, Arizona 21. Like I said, I'm I'm higher on Drew uh, Stanton than you are. Um, I, I don't have too much of a problem with Arizona – they don't seem to do anything remarkably well at any position, but somehow it works. Uh, Detroit, again, another team that I don't feel like is as good as their record makes them seem like they are, but they're finally getting it together. Having a healthy Calvin Johnson, who said he felt no pain after the game, uh, I think is a big, big deal, and I think that's going to be what the difference is for Detroit this week. Fantasy-wise, Matt Stafford's more a second quarterback option for you. I like Joyke Bell, uh, but Reggie Bush is more of a flex option. He's still not all the way healthy. Absolutely start Calvin Johnson. I'll start Golden Tate as well, staying away from their all their tight ends, kicker Matt Prater. But I will start the Detroit defense. I'm interested to see with Arizona, with Stanton in now, whether that's going to mean more targets for John Brown and Jared Brown just because you know, he's – more used to working with them on the second team. The other side of that, though, is, as I mentioned a minute or two ago, that he did start a couple games earlier this season, so it's not as if he's unfamiliar with Michael Floyd and Larry Fitzgerald. I'm sure he had plenty of reps throwing to them. I would start wide receivers Michael Floyd and Larry Fitzgerald this week, start tight end John Carlson. Drew Stanton, I'm okay with starting him as a second quarterback in a deeper league. Running back Andre Ellington, flex option at best. Wide receiver John Brown doesn't catch many balls, but when he does catch them, you know, he's quick as you know, anybody in the NFL, and he also seems to you know, turn small you know, yardage plays into big gains. You know, defense, I'm okay with starting. Yeah. Quarterback Carson Palmer, obviously he's on IR with his knee injury out for the rest of the season. Don't start him. Wide receiver Jared Brown, I would not start him in spite of what I just said a minute ago. 
And kicker Chandler uh, Catanzaro, I'd also leave him on the bench this week. Yeah, this this will be, I mean, one of these teams has to actually lose. Like, we'll be Arizona since they lost Carson Palmer. But, like you said, this would have been a very interesting game last week, I think. Well, that game and then the next one that we're going to discuss, Philadelphia at Green Bay. I mean, right yeah. there you probably have four of the five best teams uh, I take that back forward. The six best teams probably have to throw Dallas and Seattle in that mix and maybe even San Francisco, although I'm not totally sold on them yet. But uh, at least we'll have two good games among the – or what should be pretty competitive games among the later games on Sunday. The the next one that we're going to discuss, Philadelphia-Green Bay, this game really intrigues me because in Philadelphia, if they can score, you know, if Mark Sanchez – at quarterback, of course, you know two of those were defensive touchdowns, but True. You know, so he's really Still, only that was counting. Statistically, Sanchez's best game of his career, I believe. Yeah, he had over 300 yards passing. Yeah, I don't know if 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 Chip Kelly can make a, a bona fide NFL starting quarterback out of Mark Sanchez again, then you know, color me impressed. I, yeah. always tend to think there's a lot of hype when it comes to Chip Kelly, but, you know, they're obviously doing a lot of things right, and, you know, they've lost a couple of tough games on the road, and my guess is that this could be another one, but I'm going to flip the coin here and say they actually win a close game on the road for a change against a good team. I'll pick them 31-30 over Green Bay, but, of course, you know, when you're picking really? that slim a margin, it'll be you know, not surprising to me at all if that game goes the other way, but just for the sake of making a pick and you know, having a premise for my you know, fantasy recommendations for this game, I'll say Philadelphia 31, Green Bay 30. I think this is going to be even a higher scoring game than that. I like maybe Green Bay 38, Philly 35. Uh, I think it'll be close. I think Philly's going to hang with them, but uh, this game I think is more going to be on the shoulders of LaShawn McCoy. Uh, if they can get him going, then this this Philly team can hang, but I don't know if I want to have Mark Sanchez in Green Bay for the first time in his career as a starter playing, starting in Lambeau against Aaron Rodgers, who hasn't thrown an interception in two years there. Uh, And that Green Bay team is really on a roll. So I'm going to take Green Bay, but fantasy-wise, Mark Sanchez, more a second quarterback starter for me. Like I said, I don't love the matchup. I don't love the being on the road in Green Bay for him and, Obviously, people are going to be a little more dialed into what they're trying to do now that they've seen what the offense looks like with him. Uh, definitely start LaShawn McCoy, start Darren Sproles, who's also going to be a big difference maker in this game. I like Jeremy Macklin and tight end Zach Ertz. I'm going to start kicker Cody Parkey, but I am staying away from the defense. For Green Bay, I'd start quarterback Aaron Rodgers going up against that Philadelphia secondary. That should be you know, raw meat for him. Running back Eddie Lacy, wide receivers Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb, uh, kicker Mason Crosby. I'm okay with starting all those guys. Uh, wide receiver Devontae Adams, okay with starting him as a flex option in the deeper league. Tight ends Anthony M., Andrew Corliss, and Richard Rodgers. Keep them on the bench and keep the Packers' defense on the bench, too. Yeah, I'm excited for this game. Of the afternoon games, that's probably the one I'm going to be watching the most. Yeah, that one should be interesting. The Sunday night game, they also have a good one lined up. New England at Indianapolis. I guess Adam Vinatieri has been in Indianapolis long enough now that we can't really call this a revenge game anymore. At this point, he's probably been in Indianapolis almost. Actually, that's not true. He was probably in uh, New England about 10 years, and I think this is maybe his fifth season in Indianapolis. But uh, anyway, I think uh, Adam Vinatieri's old team is going to beat his new team just because I think the Colts will be able to run the ball a little bit more than New England will. We know that they can both throw the ball pretty easily, but uh, I think Indianapolis wins this on the basis of their ground games, specifically Ahmad Bradshaw. I'll take uh, Indy to win this by a score of 38-34. I like it. I think he's going to, I guess, pull the quasi-upset here. I don't really feel like it's an upset, but uh, just this indie team, I think, has a little more going for it, though by all means New England is not a bad team. Their offense is starting to pull it together here. Obviously Tom Brady is not having a problem 
scoring any points, but this is going to be a high-scoring game. Definitely avoid both the defenses, but I think Indy's going to come out on top. And Tom Brady is still a good fantasy start, as is Shane Vereen and Brandon LaFell. Uh, Julian Edelman and, without a doubt, Rob Gronkowski at tight end. I'll start kicker Steven Goskowski. I think he's going to get some work in, but like I said, stay far, far away from the defenses. Randy, I like quarterback Andrew Luck, running back Ahmad Bradshaw, wide receivers T.Y. Hilton and Reggie Wayne, and kicker Adam Vinatieri. Both the tight ends, Kobe Fleener and Dwayne Allen, I'm okay with starting them as a second tight end in a deeper league. Not sure you want to rely on either of them as mm-hmm. you know your only tight end if it's a one tight end league. Trent Richardson, leave him on the bench. Leave wide receivers Akeem Nix and Dante Moncrief on the bench. And, of course, leave Indy's defense on the bench. It should be a really entertaining game, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Again, this is sort of old guard, new guard, but T.Y. Hilton's having a nice breakout season. You know, it's, there's a lot to like about this Indy team. For a team that started 0-2, they really seem to have gotten their act together. Yeah, they, they absolutely have. That's a team that really turned it around. Not everybody who started 0-2 did, but Indy absolutely did. So, yeah, I mean, Oakland started the season 0-2, and they've uh, continued, continued to go over. Of it. You know, yeah, they've they gone 0-2 three more there. times after that, and they're working on yeah. another 0-2. So, anyway, the Monday night game, this is a little bit of a letdown after the the – Sunday games and all. Usually the Monday night game looks a little bit better than this. But we've well, got if Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh plays the way they did last week, this might be a pretty competitive game the whole way. But I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Jets' defense either. is better than Tennessee's, and I'm pretty sure Pittsburgh's not going to allow Justin Bieber anywhere near their Saturday night prayer service um, this mm, week. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I just yeah, I, I don't see how Tennessee keeps this game close. They might be able to run and pass a little bit, but I think Pittsburgh is going to be able to run and pass a lot on Tennessee's defense, which isn't as good as it's been in years past. Yeah, again, I'll, I'm just going to predict a blowout in this game. I'll say Pittsburgh 34, Tennessee 14. I'm only taking Pittsburgh by 10. Um, I just uh, – this – this Pittsburgh team's been so up and down. They've been maybe more so extreme than any other team because we've seen them be really bad, and then they've come out and put up 50-plus points. Uh, I think it's going to be more somewhere in the middle this week. Tennessee is not really lighting the world on fire in any aspect of the game, offensively, defensively, anywhere, but they're okay. They can do some things. I think that they'll be able to at least hang around until late in this game. Uh, but fantasy-wise, you're probably getting more value out of the Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger's a good start, as is Le- Le'Veon Bell. Antonio Bryant, Marta- or I'm sorry, Antonio Brown, Martavius Bryant, both good starts. Marcus Sweeten could be a good flex option for you this week. I'm staying away from Heath Miller, Sean Sweezum, but I will be starting the Pittsburgh defense. For Tennessee, I would start wide receiver Kendall Wright. He's the only guy I really like this week. Quarterback Zach Mettenberger second quarterback in a deeper league, running back Bishop Sankey, flex option, wide receiver Justin Hunter, flex option. I'd keep running backs Dexter McCluster, Sean Green, and Leon Washington on the bench. Keep wide receiver Nate Washington on the bench. Keep kicker Ryan Suckup out of your lineup, and keep the defense out of your lineup, too. Poor Tennessee. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we've, we've got an interesting slate of games this week, and soon, so soon, our bye weeks will be over, and we won't have to worry about that anymore. I can't wait. Uh, any last thoughts for the listeners for them tonight, Sherpa? Well, just you know, a lot of people are getting their teams lined up for the playoffs, and there's some belief that, you know, during the regular season, you should worry more about depth, and in the postseason, just you know, trade your depth away for better players at starters. I one of the few people that probably disagree with that. I think injuries can strike your fantasy team at any time. I realize you lose in the playoffs and you're out, but still think it's important to have depth even during your league's playoff week. So uh, don't go selling out just to get one guy. You know, would be my advice. I think it's good advice, especially I don't like hinging uh, all my playoff hopes on just one guy having an outstanding game and, you know, he has a dud and then you're out anyway. It's 
not the best uh, way to go. But uh, we will be back with you next Wednesday night, as we are each week, 9.30, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, talking about all the injuries, news, and notes, and previewing the week's matchups. You can find us all week long at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page and FantasyFootballSherpa.com, as well as Twitter, the number 4, THN Inches Show, uh, JKIM16, and Fantasy underscore Sherpa, as well as emailing us at the number 4, Show at gmail.com. And if you miss an episode or you just miss the sound of our voices, you can always find those archived on iTunes or the Blog Talk Radio page. All right, and as you'd like to say... Good luck to everybody this week, unless you're playing me.